Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. I'm Reverend Deborah Phillips, and I'm here today with Reverend Donna Abadoni, who you might know from CAP Radio uh, in Sacramento. She's the host of Morning Edition and CAP Radio Reads. She's an interfaith minister. She's a speaker at several congregations around the area, and she's also the teacher and designer of the Transformation Path. Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within, Donna. Thanks, Deborah. It's always nice to be here. It's so good to see you again, and we're going to be talking about overthinking today. And in overthinking it, I was trying to talk, think about the fact that I did a podcast a few weeks ago about trying too hard. But in thinking about this, <laughs> how many times are we going to use the word thinking in this? And thinking about this, I think there's a difference between trying too hard and simply overthinking something. Oh, what's the difference? Um, well, part of it, I think the overthinking is just in your head. Trying mm. too hard to me is like doing something a whole bunch of times in different ways. That makes sense. So one is an action and one is a thought. Yeah. I mean, because you can get yourself all tied up in knots mentally before you ever take action. But the reverse is not true, right? You, you can't take action... Of course, you can take action without thinking. <laughs> and we often do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was difficult to, for, to prepare for this. You told me what the topic might be. And I thought, well, now how do I prepare for overthinking without overthinking? <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's sort of the circular thing. It's not, it's not helical. It doesn't do you any good to, you're not going any higher. You just kind of keep going around and around in this circle of overthinking. But the core of it, to me, it seems fear-based. You know, mm. it seems like when I overthink something, it's because I feel that classic lack of control, I'm worried about something, or I'm upset about something past, present, or future. And what's at the core of it is that I am feeling some sort of fear, discomfort, and the thought process is trying to, it's me trying to reach a resolution that is not part of reality. And so that. I overthink when the reality is clear, when I know what's happening around me, when I feel in, when I feel comfortable and connected to what's happening around me, I'm not overthinking. So overthinking is uh, perhaps taking an inventory of everything that could go wrong. Yeah, for me, it is. How about yeah. you? Yeah, this came up because, you know, my husband was was injured and he was home for a while recovering and we were talking about doing something and he was or he and he just started talking about all these different ways it could happen. I think actually we were talking about our taxes. And he said, "Well, what if what if this and what if that because we we did a lot of moving and stuff last year." And I said, "Look, we have every single piece of paper that people have sent us. We are reporting those pieces of paper." We have everything that they've given us. We are telling the, the feds about this. What else can we do? And I think he was inventing other pieces of paper that we didn't have in his head. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a classic example of what we do, right? It's, it's Where, like, Whereas your approach was, this is everything we have. We're putting it on the table. There is nothing left for you to overthink at that point. 
Yeah. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe part of the overthinking is we get so wound up in the fear and the concern that we don't look at what is. We're not looking at what is right in front of us. We're not looking at what is. Yeah. And it takes me back to what I said earlier about past, present, and future. That's where so much wasted time and energy is anyway. Worrying about the past isn't going to do any good. Worrying about the future, it, it hasn't happened. So that's useless. Staying in the present is what matters. We could make the mistake of overthinking the present, uh, but that's pretty useless. That analysis doesn't really get us anywhere. No, it doesn't. And, and it, it, and then what it does is I think it just builds more fear on top of more fear. What if, what if, what if, you know, I mean, you know, what if, yeah, we just, we just, again, it's about tying ourselves up in knots about things that we don't even, even know about. And maybe that's partly the other fear is the fear of the unknown. Well, that's the control that I was wondering mm. about that yeah. I mentioned. It, 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 the control is, I mean, you know, philosophically, I, I know that I can't control things, but that doesn't mean I don't try in reality. You know, I still, <laughs> I still try to control things where I still feel weird when I know I'm not controlling things. But yeah, that's a big part of it. I think, I think <laughs> for me, overthinking happens when I feel that lack of connection and lack of control. And I, a lot of this has changed and intensified since the pandemic started. And yeah. I don't want to continue to talk about the pandemic. We're coming out of it to a certain extent. We're looking forward to some better times. But we're still, as a society, as a world, as humankind, we're still at the point where we've had a lot of pent-up energy for the last well over a year. We're starting to now say, oh, maybe I can release all that tension, but I don't know what to do with it. And there is sort of an overthinking now. You know, I'm finding overthinking in people wanting to travel. Here we are, re-entry, we're opening up again, and people, all my friends are saying, where can I go? And they're putting a lot of thinking into planning trips because it's the first time in a year and a half that they have felt like they can control something. So they're rethinking their finances and their trips and their where they live. All those things are forms of overthinking and they're I'm hearing about them more now than I have for a long, long time. And, and I'm also uh, encountering people who are overthinking and, and just, it's, I think, just getting so caught up in the what ifs and how comes and what do we do. And I had said, I don't know, a few weeks ago when we were really talking about reopening the world, um, that in some respects it was almost harder than shutting down because shutting down was just stopping. Um, and I keep having this, this picture of a steam locomotive getting going. You know, it comes into the station and it stops. But to get that thing going again, you hear the puffing and the huffing and the, you know, and finally the wheels slowly start to turn until they can get up some momentum. And then, you know, and I think we're in that wheel turning, huffing, puffing stage. And, um, you know, we come back to the whole idea of control. 
And I keep wondering what that word means sometimes, because there's, I think there's a difference between being what you're saying, being connected, being on top of, and a part of what's going on, and trying to control things so that they have to go exactly your way and, and the way you want them, how you want them, when you want them. Yeah. I was also thinking your, your train analogy made me think of the little engine that could <laughs> remember the little engine that could, I love, I love him, her, him, her, um, trying to go up that hill and saying, I think I can. So there was thinking going on, but that was an affirmation. That was reinforcement. That was self-encouragement. The little engine that could never said, I think I can. And how should I go about it? Because this is a grade of about 37%. And if I intensify my, my power output, perhaps I could. There wasn't any of that. There was just hope and trust and joy. And I think I can. So there was thinking, but it wasn't overthinking. It wasn't analysis. That is, that's just absolutely perfect. You're right. There, there was none of that, you know, and, and what should I wear while I'm doing it? Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And who is the engineer today? I'm not sure I like this conductor. Yeah, none of that happened. It was just, the, that's why the little engine could. What a great lesson for us today about not overthinking. I had a funny experience a couple of days ago scheduled to speak at one of the congregations I work with. And I had this elaborate plan and I was doing a mind map on a great big piece of paper. And this is what I'm going to talk about. And it's going to have this paragraph over here and it's going to be like that. And I heard the bing on my iPad and I went to look at what the message was. And it was a message from the person who is the director of that congregation saying, here's our topic for your speech. Oh, you already picked a topic for me. I crumbled up my piece of paper with a mind map and threw it away. I had been thinking so hard and analyzing something, but that's where spirit and the universe come into play and say, sorry, kiddo, that is not the plan here. So a lot of overthinking that I've done is completely wasted. And then I get this universal reset that says, no, it's not that at all. It's this over here. Don't overthink this too, or we'll reset it again. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It is. It is funny how that works. It's like you know when I I do meditations a couple of times a month at at, at SLC, and when I first started, I, I write them out because when I'm doing them, I get so floaty that I'll get lost, and I want them to be fairly consistent for both services, and I want them to like make sense. So I do I do write them out, but at first it was I try to write them at least a week or two ahead of time so I'd be really comfortable and I'd know what I was going to do, and then I would sit. It got to where as I'd done it after. After a while, nothing would come and nothing would come. And there I'd be doing it at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. That's when it would come. And, and I've had that happen now that I'm speaking more is that, oh, I'm going to write this two or three weeks ahead of time. And I sit down and nothing's there. And it's like, I'm almost, it's like spirit is training me to be more in the moment. Yeah, I, and that was part of my thought, my thinking, in preparing for our conversation today, all of the times that if I just wait, and I just listen, I will know what to do. And it emphasizes for me 
how useless that overthinking is, that the answer is either in me or it's somewhere else willing to come to me if I just stop and pay attention to it. I don't have to do all the work myself. There's a whole universe trying to help me if I, and, and that's you know something I, I think is worth addressing as we talk about this. We're talking about all of the instances in which we overthink, but it's also good to explore how can we do better how can we avoid the overthinking? And I think that I think that that's a, a big part of it for me is to stop and to listen and know that it's all taken care of. I find myself, uh, I've heard other people say this too, that they tend to worry a little bit more at night because the brain is, you know, our minds are in a different sort of a space, a little bit more... Um, not active about the activities of the day. And so worry tends to set in then. And my favorite thing to do is to say, I have no idea, but I will when I wake up tomorrow. And it works almost every time. I'd say 95% of the time, that's absolutely true. Something sinks into me overnight and I wake up the next morning with having had no need to overthink. I have the answer. It's already there. Yeah, and I've, I've used a several uh, a similar technique where I just say, okay, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Exactly what can I do about this right now? And the answer is exactly nothing. Yeah. So what am I doing? Yeah. And that will often help me get my mind, you know, in a different direction because, uh, but we're always trying to solve these, these, these issues that we make up. <laughs> <laughs> because if you really think about it, most of it, I think there's some saying out there that, you know, we worry about stuff that's never, ever going to happen. We do make it up, don't we? Yeah. 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 We, I wonder why that is. I wonder why we like to make up possibilities for a failure in our own heads, failure that we don't really ever have to worry about that will never come to fruition. That's something else that I find myself doing when I want to overthink, whether it's called worry or something else. I, you know, we use the expression a lot, hey, what's the worst that could happen? And sometimes that's worth exploring. If I'm overthinking mm -hmm. something, just saying, what is the worst that could happen? Well, this. Okay. And I'm done now. Yeah. That's, that settles it. Now that I know the worst that can happen, I don't have to think and I don't have to overthink. I have taken it to its extreme. And if that's the worst that can happen, good. All right, done. Yeah. And another, another way, if people are looking for hints, I would say if you find yourself really overthinking, just sit down and make a list of all of the things that, all of the things, all of the, you know, what's the worst, worst things that could happen? What are the best things that could happen? And you get it out of your brain where you can look at it. And I think for most of us, getting it outside our brain so we can look at, you know, take a better inventory, that gives us a better perspective. And, you know, but, and, and I can tell you that the first thing that I would do if I were going to sit down and do that list, I would overthink how I was going to go through the list. <laughs> You know, should should it be two columns? Should I put them on different pages? How how you know what color of ink should I use? Oh boy! I wow. mean, wow! Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I I can see where that certainly is possible. 
Yeah, how I did a, we, a pod. Go ahead. Oh, how have we trained ourselves to get so far off path? And if we know how we got off path, is reversing that the way we correct it? Well, I just, I recently did a podcast uh, that was based on that, the uh, saying that, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And in that, you know, and then it makes it sound like you have to, oh, well, if, if, uh, if you want to be happy, then stop being right and just let all of your values go, which is not what it means. But what, what I talked about in there is how we are taught from such an early age of what being right is. And think about being in school. If you didn't get the right answers, you weren't okay. Yeah. And so I think part of this whole overthinking thing blends into that. I have to, I need to be safe. I need to be okay. And if I'm not right, then I'm wrong and then I'm bad. I don't want to make a mistake. That'll be an awful thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, um, and again, it comes back to the unknown and this, and this, just this idea that we think we're in control of anything. I mean, we're not. <laughs> but I like the difference. I, I, you, you, you've taught me something today. Is there's a difference between being in control and being connected to what's going on. So it's like if something's going on and I don't feel any connection to it and I can't find my way to work work in it or work with it, um, I, I feel like I'm out of control. Whereas if I simply feel connected and I feel like I have some sort of input, I would say I'm in control, but I'm not, but I feel connected to it. So to me, that's a huge, huge shift in the thinking about it. Control, control versus connection. Yeah, we may still, not being controlled to me means that some someone or something else is. So it's a humbling statement. It's a statement of humility. It's not about me. I don't have to be in control because what is it? Is it you? Is it someone else? Is it a higher power? In this moment, something else, someone else is in control. And I mean, you can bring that down to basics, you know, riding around in the car with uh, a spouse or a friend saying, where do you want to have dinner? Well, I don't care. You decide. It puts someone else in charge in that moment. And I'm willing to be perfectly happy with the answer. I don't have to be in control, but I'm the connection in that very basic example is the friend who I trust to make a good decision and know that I don't like a certain kind of food. Let's not go to that restaurant. And then we can extrapolate that and take it all the way up to the universal level and say, wow, that's a bigger form of humility for me. And that's a bigger trust and a bigger connection, but I can do that. And the really important part about that interaction with your friend is that you agreed. Mm Mm-hmm. You see, and when you've got some, maybe that, maybe that's it is when something's going on and we feel like we're out of control, we, it's because we haven't agreed to it. Yeah. We haven't agreed to, you know, we're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Where'd this come from? It's agreement and it's trust too, Mm -hmm. to have that connection. We have to know that the person on the other side of the car uh, understands us and is willing to help us. Or we really are in a place where we're just up for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Openness. Yeah. Yeah. Openness. Being receptive. 
Yeah, and I think it's we're so, you know, the most important thing in our lives is being safe, spiritually, emotionally, and physically safe. That comes before anything else. And we are living in a time in uh, what is this, uh, May of 2021, where the idea of safety has pretty much been blown out the window at this point. And we're all trying to figure out what I think what safety means. And maybe that's a lot of the angst that we're seeing is what does it mean to be safe on all those levels, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, all of it. Because um, safety is, is our primary, I think it's our primary basic need. And then, you know, if we feel safe, then then we can do other things. So when we start, when we're not feeling safe, I think is when we over, overthink and we start coming up with all the reasons there's also a sense that I'm feeling about we've, we're burnt out on overthinking. We've been asked to think about so many things in the last year and a half. So many decisions about the pandemic and how we will accept what's going on around us, whether it's political or health-wise or the whole gamut. Look at all the overthinking that we were asked to do in the course of a year plus of a pandemic. And then all of the... Um, all of the diversity and equity topics that have come up in the last year and a half. And we have to think about those and we have to try to have empathy for somebody else in a way we had never thought of thinking before. We're not, when I say we're burned out on overthinking, that's not a bad thing. We're learning from it, but we've been asked to do more of it in the last year, year and a half than some of us had done for a long time. So there is a, a different um, a level of, of input. You know, there's just a lot more coming into my head to think about now. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have also uh, been called on to, well, they just, as a natural part of being uh, forced to stay home, they started looking at different things in their lives. They started paying more attention to their home. They started looking at their jobs and their job um, situation differently, their relationships differently. I mean, this goes all the way down to, I don't know, if you look on Facebook a little bit about how people even brush their teeth. Every Everything that we do has somehow we've had to look at it and, and, we and, have. and yeah. how do I live my, basically it's how, you know, I've been living my life kind of taking, getting up in the morning and going out and doing things for granted. And now just the act of getting out of bed and having no place to go, uh, has made, you know, made people stop and think about things. You and I have both been able to sort of not sort of, we have been able to move forward with our jobs in different ways. Yes. But, yeah. you know, I find how much I love working from home. I've discovered this talking into a microphone thing, which I love. <laughs> I'm but, partial to it myself. Yeah. Right. Um, but I didn't have to rethink how I live my life at home because I was home a lot anyway. But people who were almost never home or, you know, were just starting to to build a home or whatever, uh, you know, it's just we're, we've been asked to look at probably every little aspect of our lives. We have. I was just thinking about, as, as you talked about um, spending more time at home, I found myself last November saying, I'm spending more time at home. I think I'll clean out the closet. I have a lot of shoes. I think I'll get rid of some of them. So 
which shoes should I keep and which one should I get rid of? I had to think about where I'd be going and if I'd need those. And I had to think about where to donate them because a lot of places were closed. And if I can't donate them now, I had to think about what boxes and where to put the boxes until things reopened again. So even just stupid little stuff. But then there are so many people around us who have had to think about where to live yes. and how to have some sort of an income. And there is a lot as a community that we have to think about, about these other topics. We, you and I are fortunate and blessed that those are not topics that we're thinking about right now, but we're talking to so many people who are, that we are aware of that and we feel that impact. Yeah. Thinking has been different lately mm -hmm. than it has been in previous parts of my life. It is. And, and again, there's, there's that, how, how, how much do we need to think about one thing until, and you know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to get it sorted out in your head and it's another to just sort of, I don't know, I, I don't want to use the word obsessively think, but in some re instances that's, that's kind of, kind of the thing, you know, and, 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 and yet I'm, I'm taking on a new, um, aspect of my job and it's kind of constantly running through my head how how this is going to work and things I might want to do and things I might not want to do and I'm not I don't really feel like I'm overthinking that it's like this little river that's just flowing through I'm allowing I'm just allowing these ideas and thoughts to go through and I do have my moments of of, of oh whatever but I've got people calling and telling talking to me and they have their own ideas of what you know, and, and so the, the overthinking, I'm going to watch this as, 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 as people start to give me their ideas as well. But I really think I'm doing a good job of just allowing it to flow through. I'm not sitting down and trying to solve it all at one time and make a, a thing all at one time. It's like, okay, this is the, the thing ahead of me. How is this going to work? And I'm, I'm not sitting down and putting anything in writing or anything right now. It's just like, let's just let it float. And that's so much different than, okay, this is going to happen and this person is going to be unhappy and this is going to change and na 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 And I think it's the na 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 part that, that, that's the overthinking. <laughs> How do you spell that? Yeah, I no, the na 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 part is, is really, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the big annoyance. I had new, a couple of new assignments at work too, and they're things that are behind the scenes that people really don't hear, but they're, they're things that have been added of my, to my list of things to do. And one of them in particular, we've asked you, to, we're asking you to do this. Oh, okay. I'm not sure I know how to do that, but I'd love to. Of course, that's the right answer to give when you're at work sometimes. Sure, I'd be happy to. And then you figure it out later. So in the figuring it out later, I said, well, and I started thinking. I didn't need to think because people around me started saying, hey, I heard you got this new assignment. Would it help if I did this? Would that get you closer to that goal? I could do this if it would help. And those people, as you have had in your life, started just showing up and helping me with things. And so the direction formed. I didn't have to think about it. It flowed, as you indicated. Yeah. And just by being open to it and really listening to what other people had to offer, a new shape developed on its own, organically, with everybody working together. 
if I had been overthinking that, it then I would have started combating what people were saying. When they said, hey, I could do this, I probably would have said, no, I have a plan. Go away. I know what to do. But being open to it and letting it flow is producing a much better result than I could have on my own if I had been overthinking. Yeah, I think being able to say, I have no clue how to do this. Sure, I'm happy to do it, but I don't know how to do it. Um, so let's try. Is um, it's, it's kind of scary sometimes, yeah. but you get the best results by doing that. If you walk in with, this is the plan, and this is how we're going to do things, um, you know, you, first of all, you cut yourself off from all those wonderful ideas and you alienate the people who are bringing them to you. So at some point you end up doing it by yourself because nobody else wants to play. You know what I've learned from this conversation? At the beginning, we were saying, how many times in this conversation are we going to say, I think? <laughs> and you and I both have. We've said it a million times just in the last however many minutes. That's what I'm taking away from this. Not only the process, not only the letting go, not only the I don't have to be afraid, I don't have to overthink, but I can just take those two words, I think, out of my vocabulary and I, if I, <laughs> it was dinner. If I am conscious enough to remove that, I'm going to reinvent how I look at things, and then overthinking won't be with me as much as it has been lately. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it is sort of an automatic thing that happens, but becoming aware, you know, yeah. it's it's all about just becoming aware of it and then not using, yeah, I, I agree with you, not using that term. I think um, that goes along with I want. Um, <laughs> well, no, I, I have this thing of I've been in classes and I've been in meditations and stuff where the person leading it says, I want you to do this and I want you to relax. Honestly, honey, I don't care what <laughs> you want. I'm here to meditate. <laughs> And I think I don't like you saying that to me. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So th th those, those two things, it's like, I want you to, um, and I think, um, are things that we get ourselves really tied up in and caught up with. And um, this has really been a good conversation, Donna, that uh, when, when, it, when this came into my mind, it was like, okay. <laughs> Well, that's always true of our conversations. Yeah. Yeah. You give me a, a topic, you suggest a topic, and I say, what am I going to do with that? And it, we do it. Yeah. We and it I, yeah. We and learn like, a lot from it, and hopefully anyone who listens is learning from it, too. Yeah. And I um, I know that you like to do some preparation, and I was walking around, I was wondering, how is Donna going to prepare for a conversation on overthinking? And I was, I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I thought, well, you know, let's, let's just have some irony here. How, how funny. But so our, I think our takeaway here is to allow is to maybe make that list. If you find yourself tying your brain up in knots, make that list and, and write down all the things that, that all the things that could happen, the negative things and the good things that could happen. So you get them out of your head and then go to the, um, the other part of, well, you know, I, what, it's two o'clock in the morning. What can I do about it? And what was the one that you said that you do? Is What's the worst that could happen? Okay, right. now I know. Fine. Right. 
Okay. Yeah. And yeah. at two o'clock in the morning, you can't do anything about it anyway. Right. And so for those of you out there that, uh, that are giving yourself a headache from overthinking, I hope that we have given you some tips and some hints and a couple of laughs today. And we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for being with us today, Donna. Always a pleasure. Nice to be here. Thanks, Deborah. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.